0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material <laughs> Podcast, episode number two hundred ninety-three, and we are ten days away from Valentine's Day when we are recording this. It is February fourth. I am your host Florence Ion, and I'm joined here by our other host Andy Anaco. Welcome down to the floor, Andy. Hello,
1: Flo. Now is it now? Are you at this? Are you at the state of comfort in the marriage where? You can just both at the same – okay, let's say this at the same time. Three, two, one. Valentine's Day is way too much trouble. I love you. You love me. Let's just kiss and enjoy breakfast on that day.
0: Oh, I uh... – especially,
1: especially in COVID times where like – maybe you could order like a pizza and tell the person secretly could you put the pepperonis in the shape of a heart. That's probably about as ambitious as anybody could get without like exposing themselves to a disease.
0: Uh, fair, fair enough. This is not yeah. this, this year it's, it's still COVID times. So this year you're still going to have to, to change how you do things for Valentine's day. What's very special this year though, is that, um, it's my daughter's first birthday the day before yes. day. She was born on 13th. So, and no, that's not a security question. So don't go around <laughs> thinking that it is. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, it, there's a lot. There's a lot going. There's a lot of virtual celebrating. There's a lot of meal delivery that will be happening. Um, I already have a Valentine's hoarded here in the closet in my room, so everybody's accounted for. Don't worry. Um, and I've got a bowl of candy out in the living room. Yay! Because because in the during this pandemic, I somehow also became like the HR candy bowl. I just decided <laughs> that like I needed one of those in the in the house because you know you know, okay, it's just my husband and I eating them. My daughter doesn't eat the candy. um. So it's literally just us going through like different flavored Kit Kats and like Reese's pieces and special edition M&Ms. And you know what? I look forward to it every month. What new <laughs> flavor will they have out next? Um, it's, it's a good way to keep things fresh. So what's not fresh is something, Andy, that I feel I want to, I want to kvetch to you about because I feel like you would understand where I'm coming from. I am here from. for you. Okay. So as last are our listeners night,
1: who aren't in on this call, but I'm sure that they're nodding along as they listen.
0: I certainly hope so. Darn it. Uh, so last night I kind of tried to go to bed early, which I did. I went to bed a half an hour earlier than I usually do. So, okay. Baby steps. Okay. As we're taking. And I decided, you know, I would do my usual routine of watching TV before I doze off. So I wanted to watch... The Dreadful Highlander. <laughs> By the way, this show is awful. Like, it's it's terrible. It's terribly written. It's terribly acted. The the effects are, like, terrible. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm still going to finish the first season because I'm invested in this, like, ho-hum narrative. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't turn the TV on last night because the Chromecast with Google TV in, in our bedroom it just went, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know what that word was, but that was, that was definitely onomatopoeia. Um, I just turned it on and it was stuck on uh, the boot loop screen. And I freaked out a bit because Mona has this new hobby where she likes to go after. We now have three Chromecast remotes in the house, by the way. Right. Because I upgraded all the TVs. And so whenever she sees the remote, you know, they all look the same. She gets so excited and she like she run crawls for it because she, it's like a game for her because she knows she has to get to it before. while me and daddy take it away from her. But sometimes she gets it. She gets a hold of it without us realizing it. Um, she's figured out how to like turn on one out of three TVs. Uh, she definitely knows how to get onto Netflix, which. She immediately went for the murder docuseries, to which I said, Mona, it's too early. Well, the, the law you're not of averages, averages says old. that if you're
1: on Netflix, there's a, just a good chance it's gonna, you're going to land on some sort of a Listen, murder
0: Listen, I'm going to take her there. I am her mother, after all. This <laughs> is the Lifetime Movie Club member here, okay? Um, and I'm not just advertising the fact that I was on that podcast a few weeks ago, Okay. <laughs> But anyway, so I thought that this was maybe something that she did from holding the buttons a certain way. So I tried to fix the screen with the buttons as I would on an Android device, right? The volume buttons are what you use to scroll through that right. uh, menu structure. It didn't work. I kind of started freaking out because I just wanted to get into bed and watch my awful show. Um, so I held down the reset button that's on the actual like dongle part of uh, the Chromecast and everything was back to normal. I did some tweeting, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I really appreciate to the folks who pointed out that this is a actually a common issue with the Chromecast with Google TV, and uh, I will link to one of the support threads I found before we started recording in the show notes. This is kind of a bummer. This thing was just launched in October, and... <laughs> I, I do wonder, you know, what's going on under the with Android that this is happening. And then last night, by the way, so then this other thing happened last night. Um, I noticed that my Lenovo smart clock, the brightness was just a little too low for the amount of light that I had in the room. And so I go over and I try to like pot it. I tried to do the automatic brightness thing because again, Mona can now reach the top of my nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> to touch and she loves to touch the smart displays because she knows they do things. And uh I I couldn't get it to register my touch. And um I've had some issues with that smart clock as well over the past couple of years that I've had it where it would like it would reboot randomly and then it gets stuck in the boot. So I'd have to like unplug it and replug it in to kind of get it to get back to normal. And so I was just thinking last night, God the labor, the emotional labor that is associated with all of this, because it takes you from, from, a, I was, I entered my bedroom with this like mellow mood, ready to just like plop into bed and just, you know, get into the coziness of it all. And instead I had this like heightened response to just being super annoyed that this thing wasn't working the way it was. And then having that scared moment where you're like, oh my God, is this bricked? Like, did something happen when I wasn't looking? Um, it's such a roller it's a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions, quite honest.
1: Well, I'm I'm having my own like Korean soap opera moment. Oh, uh, with 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 Chromecast. Favorite as, by the way. <laughs> yes. There's so um I the, the 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 terrible thing and you'll back me up on this about being uh, 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 writing about technology for as long as either of us has is that Eventually, the complaint that you had that you kept being so proud and happy to vent time and time again comes up and bites you in the butt. And in this case, it was my complaint of about the, like the Apple TV remote. Where it was like, oh, but it's, and on top of everything else, it's black. Just like every other remote, it's black. Which means that, like, you know, what do you have the lights on way up when you're watching a movie? No, you have them way down. So why don't they make them, like, in a, a, color, a lighter, brighter color so you can actually find them? And so, hoo, huzzah, wonderful. I have the Google Chromecast with Google TV in whatever they're refusing to call white. And great, and see what I what I forgot when I placed that order, and what I could not have anticipated five or ten years ago when I started complaining about black colored remotes is that um, it's wintertime, and my really big, thick, nice, cozy comforter is guess what the color white, and uh, we're now in the laundry rotation where my okay. sheets are all white, uh, and the Google TV, Google Chromecast with Google TV. Is in the bedroom, so we're now on day. I think eight, perhaps nine of my finally not being able to find the remote at all. I have been using my phone as the remote, which is uh, not as good. Also, because the because the Google TV with Google Chromecast with Google TV is on a different network than everything else, right. it means that I have to switch the phone from. Like the main network where I can uh, where I can Chromecast to like all my smart speakers to the network that's the TV devices are on, so that the app can find it. And now, uh, many of you will will note that it's not as though it's a water soluble remote, and you like you you lost it in a bathtub. I'm sure that it's still there, in or adjacent to the bed. All you have to do is look around, and if the area around the be- the bed is untidy, well, isn't that a good excuse for you to tidy it up? You make good strong points, and you may go to hell, uh, because it's because
0: we're in a pandemic, and Lord God, like nothing makes needs sense. to be on you right now. Yeah, exactly, I know. It's,
1: it's like okay? a, I, I, I feel like I'm I'm a starring role in the Book of Job because only because mm-hmm. I I can't I have to the the thing that allows the device that allows me to watch any form of media either inside my house or anywhere in the world without getting out of bed i have to access it using a slightly less convenient thing but it also it is the nagging reminder that yeah the thing is i know it i know that it does happen that sometimes it slips like between the bed and the wall which means that now you really if you can't just see it that means that you have to like pull the bed out and if get all the other stuff that that's fallen there in the past and dust behind there. But it's like, I, I can't, I, I can't keep playing the pandemic card. I'm not playing the pandemic card. I'm just saying should, that I've got, though. I've got a lot of stuff going Totalize on. It. And if I could, and if I could just like, when I'm the, the problem with this, my problem here is that uh, by definition, if I'm pulling the bed, like away from the wall, preparing to do like a good, like half hours for the house cleaning, at one point i'm lying on top of the bed to like arrange things and that doesn't give me motivation to do anything but continue to lie on the bed that's it's my problem i'm i will solve it i'm just saying that we are, we all find our level of suffering that we have to deal with
0: i have to say this does seem to be a common theme for you.
1: <laughs> Oh, actually, actually, you also you also gave me an excuse to mention something that I've been kind of meaning to mention uh, for a while. Do you know that like the like the little Lenovo smart clock is like it's normally 50 bucks, but for weeks now, you've been able to get it for uh, like half price for like 25 bucks. You can go. I just went out of Best Buy to double check it. And it's that's 20- honestly
0: how much. Yeah, it's not. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, was, uh, yeah, I, I think that I think uh you're about to say what I what I would have said under the same thing, where it's it's it never it didn't impress me as of good value for fifty bucks, but for twenty five yes. bucks, <laughs> and I, I I have I have just put it in my cart. I don't know if I'm going to go for it, only because um in a brilliant fit of brilliant madness. Uh, a few years ago when i realized that i don't have like I, i keep having to like wake up my phone when i'm at my desk or when i'm on the sofa or in the kitchen to like find out what time it is i went i spent like three or four weeks on amazon excuse me on ebay and every time i found like a really good like vintage 1970s or 1980s digital clock i would buy it so now i have like three or four really really cool like hip fake wood or like spherical clocks and i don't need another one but it's like At some point, oh, but it's 50% off. Now, that's a real bargain, son. Like, yeah, but you don't need it. Yes, but 50% off.
0: This is me with Sanrio memorabilia, or like, (laughs) I guess now with Tamagotchis and virtual pets of all sorts, and just like weird, not weird, well, weird (laughs) to an American audience, because we don't have cool stuff like this. But uh, there were, God, I I tell you, I've just been buying a lot of toys. I've been buying a lot of toys. For me. Mona's getting toys too, don't worry. She's fine. And look, she has a lot of family members who've bought her toys, so she's not she's not, you know, left wanting there. So but I just I just wanna leave you now and go to eBay and look up things. But no, we need to do a podcast. We Um, we should do a podcast. We we have to. Okay, so before we go into a quick little break we do just want to point you guys to the end of this episode where we're going to have a short little administrative announcement. And well, we want to keep you to the end. So that's our teaser.
1: But can so I can mind. I can I interject something because <laughs> I have I have as a as a podcast listener myself I have often like felt like my heart sink three inches in my body when I at the end of, and we're gonna have a little bit of an announcement about the show at the end so be sure it's like now I, I just want uh, I just want fair. to let everybody know fair neither of us is leaving the show. No, Neither, it's going to be, we're not in any, you're not being canceled by Relay FM. It is truly just administrative stuff. However, it does affect you, uh, hopefully in a positive way. And so we hope you will uh, tune in to uh, keep, keep, keep listening for that thing.
0: Exactly. Uh, now, with eggs on the mind, Damagachi. because <laughs> they're little egg pets. That's what Tama means in Japanese. It means egg. Okay, let's take a quick break before I hear out soft topic
1: this episode of material is brought to you by express VPN. We all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, but did you know it can take your TV watching to the next level by unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? Okay. Now, we're getting, we're getting this is the earliest we've ever had like a personal experience block in an ad and i was actually i didn't even know it was here i was knowing it was express vpn i was almost just going to at some point stop and give my own personal experience here uh <laughs> there i think here here's my ethical position regards like watching streaming video that you don't technically have the right to watch there there's at some point the no harm done policy comes into play Okay, like I I feel as though uh, like if uh, the the Mandalorian, if I want to watch the Mandalorian, well, easy, Andy, you buy a subscription to Disney Plus. Yes. But what if I don't want to buy a subscription to Disney Plus? Well, then you don't get to watch the Mandalorian. It's just that simple. I'm perfectly fine with this. I would defend anybody who took this position because I think it's the only correct position. Okay, but what happens when you when there's like an amazing like competition show by the makers, same uh, uh, BBC makers of a uh, uh, of uh, of Great British Bake Off. They have a, they have another show. Actually, I think it's Channel Four called the Great Pottery Throwdown, which is like British Bake Off, but as the name implies, it's like home and it's like amateur potters throwing amazing bowls and amazing sculptures and things like that. There's a there's another show that is actually be. Uh, I'm sorry, I think it's ITV. Uh, called, uh, called Portrait, Portrait Artist of the Year and Landscape Artist of the Year. And I'm addicted to both of these. Now, this isn't – it isn't like 12 painters and one gets goes home every single week. No, it's like a – there's like a 10-episode a series in which uh they get in like groups of nine painters every week on Portrait Artist of the Year. They have three different celebrity sitters who are like will get their portraits painted over the course of four hours by – Three of these people, so you know one, three times three, so you get the nine, and then a, a couple of judges, uh, an artist, and an art critic, they decide like who created like the, the who they choose which one gets to go to the final. Then there's a final in which they get some super celebrity, Uh and then the prize at the end of it is that you get to do uh you, you get to do a ten thousand pound commission for uh for one of the uh, state owned uh uh art galleries of someone who was really really quite important one year it was it was kim Cattrall who i didn't know had this uh, background in uh, uh in in the uh, in the uk uh dame curie Takanoa one year uh uh Eddie Izzard, i think you know i think he was the, the semifinal one year this is this is when it became public that uh, uh that she wanted to be wanted to use female pronouns uh, for, uh, for the future. Uh, anyway, just, it's amazing to watch these people paint and work. And so, but that puts me in kind of a pickle where I know that I don't necessarily have the right to watch these things. Again, that it's not part of the bill of rights anywhere in the constitution or any further executive order or act of Congress that I should not be stopped from watching these shows on ITV that I don't have the right to watch. But Again, the no harm done rule kind of comes into effect. I feel as though if if there were a place where I could actually watch this, I would pay to watch this and actually it turns out that uh, great Pottery throwdown the first three seasons at least are on HBO plus uh, a- a- HBO Max whatever they're calling it uh, I do subscribe to HBO Max so great I'm even more entitled to do it but uh the port- the-, the painting shows no dice so yeah that's when <laughs> that's when I I, I use some uh, heroic, uh, technology such as ExpressVPN to bamboozle the correct network into thinking that, oh yes, no, I, I am a resident of this country that, which I am entitled by birthright going back to Charlemagne, not Charlemagne. She, he was French, wasn't he? Uh, King Charles the first or whoever, you know, the dude I'm talking about, I have I am entitled by, by, by birthright to be able to watch these people paint, uh, paint, uh, fabulous celebrities. And so, yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, and it's it's no. I also think it's adorable in a in a, in a very positive way that, of course, like the ad copy for ExpressVPN has to change during coronavirus because very few people are going out and use going to coffee shops are all closed for sitting so If and if you if they were open, you could sit you could sit in them and use their Wi-Fi. You probably wouldn't want to sit inside them because that's not safe. So. They, they've they pivoted to sh- highlight some of the other things. And I have to say that ExpressVPN is very, very good at this. They're, they are no dummies. They know all the reasons why people use ExpressVPN, one of which is being able to, if you're a Netflix subscriber, to be able to watch the shows that are only available in like Asian countries uh, of Netflix. Uh, or, again, watch people. Watch lovely British people paint. Uh, fabulous celebrities. Uh, so, it, so it makes it very, very easy to do these things. Uh, so I, <laughs> I'm very, I, like I said, there's the personal experience hunk and it is my policy that whenever I'm doing an ad read, uh, I'm not comfortable and like making it sound as though I'm spontaneously offering an opinion or offering a specific thought because I think you're savvy enough to know that sometimes you'll get, that's actually, you're actually being asked to do that. So I will go off script uh, and I will simply talk about a personal experience that is actually completely valid. Uh, but yeah, this is <laughs> express VPN has been working extremely well for me. Uh, I'm very, very happy with it. It keeps getting uh, my money each and every month. I'm, I'm so happy with it. As a matter of fact, that uh, I don't even pay it. I don't even get a discount for it. I don't even take advantage of any of the uh, nominal discounts you would get just as a normal person who's signing up and getting X free months uh, three extra few months, for instance, but we'll talk about that later. I feel as though uh, if I'm going to ta- be using this and talking about this, I need to be paying full whack. So, we- so I'm paying more than almost anybody else is, but I'm happy to pay it because it is a really, really great service uh, in all, all kinds of weather. Okay, now we're going to go back to uh, the prepared text. Express VPN hides your IP address so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. And you can choose from almost 100 different countries. Just think of all the Netflix libraries you can go through. So if you love anime, you can use Express VPN to access Japanese Netflix. And it's not just Netflix. Express VPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, there you go. YouTube, whatever you want. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which you want when you're watching shows. So no buffering, no lag, and all you can stream in HD. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want, wherever you want. If you go to this link right now, expressvpn.com material, you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. See, you can get it I because I'm I, because I'm a little uncomfortable with taking freebies. I don't. I'm not taking the freebie for something that I'm actually using and, and using. But, you, but nothing nothing stopping you. Please, please take those three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. ExpressVPN.com/material. So support this show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at ExpressVPN.com/material. Our thanks to ExpressVPN. My particular thanks to ExpressVPN for allowing me to once again watch adorable, wonderful, passionate, creative British people paint equally passionate, incredible British artists uh, 10, to, 10 or 11 episodes every year or two. Uh, our, Express, our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the material podcast and all of Relay FM.
0: Now, we would be remiss not to start our news segment of the show with the biggest news to come out of Google in a while, which is that Google Studio is closing its game studios. That was really big news this week. It kind of, I feel like it got sort of the response of, well, who's really surprised, mixed with a little, but you know what, that's a real bummer because I was sort of holding up, a, I heard a, I heard a Romanian uh, Person the other day was being uh, interviewed on our podcast say the best sort of quote for life, which I think is just a general philosophy of Eastern European people, which is remain optimistic, but be negative hope for the best expect Such a Romanian words. thing to say by the way uh so and so that some exactly products, yes. I was hoping for the best for Google Stadia that this was something that they right. were really gonna invest in but but I wasn't going to fully commit myself and I feel like maybe this might be my fault so Google <laughs> your, your optimism
1: <laughs> blinded you to the Google logo <laughs> present and all the press materials about this announcement
0: Exactly. So Kotaku broke the story on Monday of this week that Google would shut down its two game studios. Google had acquired and established a Los Angeles and Montreal based studios to create exclusive titles for the Stadia streaming games platform. Now, it's important to note Stadia is not shutting down. That was sort of like the initial Twitter reaction to this news. I know that there is a narrative around Google about its commitment to products and things of the sort, which Andy and I are going to talk about, uh, but just kind of try to put that aside for now as we sort of go through the details of this. Um, 150 staffers at both those studios were affected by the closures, according to Ars Technica. And it's possible some of those people might be rehired by Google and moved to other divisions, but you know how these things go. It's very hard to keep working for somebody who just tried to fire you, so to speak. Uh, Jade Raymond, who was sort of a really big hire, uh, she was a founder of Ubisoft Toronto. But now she's the former head of Stadia Games and Entertainment, and um, she's not returning to Google. She's completely out I think even her Twitter bio changed to like former so-and-so at Google. This is only a year and a half since Google told us that they were opening these studios. Remember during Studio's 2019 launch, there was a big hubble, like this is the thing. We're officially going into gaming. And so a lot of the narrative around Stadia was centered around the narrative of Google having this cloud gaming company not just to provide the service but also to provide some sort of exclusive titles um now here's sort of a quote that did not age well from jade raymond when she was initially hired she said it won't be four years before gamers get to see the new exclusive exciting content there will be some coming out every year and more and more each year well again a year and a half later and those studios have now been shuttered I should also note, by the way, that uh, someone in my Twitter, I really apologize for the people I'm not citing, by the way, because I'm getting a lot of this from Twitter, which means that whoever I'm following, you guys are amazing because you're posting some really good stuff. But it was surfaced a news article of the little uh, parklet area that they had created around the Ubisoft Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, the Ubisoft Toronto HQ, excuse me, the stadia <laughs> Let me back that up, guys. Sorry about that. The Montreal based Stadia Studios. There was a news article that was posted probably a week before we entered lockdown in the United States. Uh, it was like March 9th, 2020, that was talking about this beautiful parklet that was installed for the Stadia employees. I'm guessing now that that's just a parklet for everybody. So if it, if it was even there. Um, <laughs> Anyway, Google did publish an announcement after Kotaku broke the story, and uh, here's a direct quote from their blog, which we will link in the show notes. Creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially. Given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia, as well as deepening our business partnerships, we've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, sg e beyond any near-term planned games. Google, of course, reiterated that they are committed to the Stadia service itself and that it will be shifting its development strategy towards helping the established game studios target their titles for use on the Stadia platform uh the blog post features the blog post is definitely written with the subtext of hey don't give up your 10 dollars a month just yet we promise we're giving you things they're coming um i just personally think that this is the best strategy for them to go for but it is a bummer just media wise that this is happening sort of out loud because there was so much uh, so much of a fanfare around this. Like this was the thing that was going to happen. And I've seen this happen a couple times now since I started working professionally uh, in the last decade. Remember when the Ouya came out It was supposed to be this like indie gamer platform where you can support all these developers. It was going to, you know, be this open source thing that you could go in and tweak as you'd like. It was going to be the the indie gamers console. And it just, despite the successful uh, crowdfunding campaign, it was just sort of null. Um, And it's. It's one thing for a small company like OUYA to do that, something that was crowdfunded. It's another thing when it's a big behemoth like Google that comes in and says, actually, we're gonna walk back and not do anything in the games industry like we said we were,
1: yeah, it's see the thing is i i'm uh I was about to like cancel my stadia subscription because right i bought i I bought it chiefly so I could try it out at launch. And distant I am I'm, I'm not a real gamer, but I, I soon thought well gee, Andy, what?
0: we are all little gamery on the inside, okay? Exactly. There's no real or fake gamers <laughs> here. Don't use that kind of vernacular. Well no, gamergate I mean- started.
1: Well, t- tell that to t- tell that to the team of eight, nine, and seven-year-olds that really, really hurt my feelings. The one time I tried to participate in one of those so-called community shooting up, shooting up games, uh, yeah. So, so, I was thinking, gee, well, I I don't want to spend five hundred dollars on one of the new Xboxes or or, or Playstations god i'm assuming that i could even find one but you know what 60 or 70 bucks for a stadia controller and use that like as my big like game card and maybe buy one of these two a couple of the titles that i've been enjoying like game videos from and enjoy i can just enjoy like the, the sort of like the free roam aspects of like red dead redemption or these other games uh and I have to admit that it did I, – I honestly I honestly don't think that this is a precursor to Google canceling Stadia outright. However, before like more – like I buy a piece of hardware that's going to have to be supported by a Google project and having be having been the survivor of many, many Google products that uh, – services and pieces of software that I really, really enjoyed and only to wake up one day to see a blog post as say, a Google saying, hi – Wow, you've been using Google Reader since the very beginning, and it, it was your faith and your community and your recommending it that helped make it a huge success. And now we're terminating it. Uh, sorry, bye. It's it's Google definitely the the idea of the Google graveyard used to be a joke, but now I wonder how badly this is going to affect people's faith in uh, faith in new Google products just going forward, particularly like a developer that's that. Uh, if Google's pitching you to say, "Hey, we've got this new thing called Splunge, and it is the uh, a one stop source for push no- for smart de- smart actionable push notifications that are platform independent, and we really think that you should end all the development you're doing on every other product so that you can support this new standard that we have wonderful wonderful plans for." Oh, sorry, we already canceled it. It's it's a bummer.
0: It's a bummer.
1: I know.
0: I have a really hard time because it's like, I don't want to sit here and defend a giant conglomerate. Like that's, <laughs> that's not my job. That's not what I'm here to do. But at the same time, I, I do get a little miffed that the immediate reaction to this kind of news is <laughs> this is just what Google does. Like, oh God, they just, <laughs> they're so good at just abandoning products. What I do think though, is that there is a, uh, a macro issue by the way, that's like my word of the week. I've used that like 17 <laughs> times this week. Macro. But I think it discuss I think it describes what I'm saying uh, pretty well, which is that there's a macro issue, a couple of them actually that we're not looking at, or that we do need to consider more loudly, which is a I'm noticing that this is since Sundar came into the highest power where he is that there's been a lot of this like snipping away at the projects that are just dead weight and trying to recoup some of that cash and to put it in other parts of the business. And look, that makes sense. That's what's supposed to happen. And just because, you know, Google and Apple and uh, whatever Netflix employees could work from home through this pandemic doesn't mean that they didn't Silicon Valley didn't suffer financially in right. in some cases. I know that Google's uh, earnings report was yesterday. I only I, no, I think it was just Google Clouds' earning report was yesterday, and I only skimmed it briefly. But my understanding is, compared to like Amazon, they don't make a ton of money. This is not a huge. Part of their business. So thinking of Google stadium that way is a little hard. Yeah. Um, th- and, and that's why I think a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of rushing to that narrative of, well, it's just what Google does because they did go like full force into this and hired all these, uh, AAA players in, you know, they had all this great PR around it and, you know, an experience for people, but it just didn't it just didn't hit like they wanted it to. I think the other issue is that, the other macro issue is that there is an issue with the way Google is marketing these things because I don't think they realize, like, I just don't, when I talk to people about Google things, like, they don't know what I'm talking about. Not with the way that I describe it to them. Um, And I'm not talking about, you know, the people who read my articles and listen to my podcasts, like I'm talking about the people around you. They don't know what I'm talking about. When I talk about certain Google things, I still feel like it's this weird niche world to be like a quote unquote Google user. And that for a lot of people, Google is just part of the internet. You know what I mean? Right. And it's not necessarily like this platform choice. And so for Google, for Google to be keep selling it as like a platform thing, or whatever it's doing is just not working um y- yeah and in gaming that doesn't work because gaming is just decades decades established where it's at yeah
1: and if you i i was thinking i was thinking about it and uh, also thinking that there's one way of reading this that uh, that uh, forces you to ask why were they trying to even become a game studio to begin with yeah and of course they didn't and what they did was they bought existing game studios it's not as though they had like internal talent that they were promoting up and so it's maybe they just realized maybe that was like sort of a backstop just in case everybody was treating all the developers that don't work for Google were treating Stadia like a bag of contaminated fish, and at least they they need to have something that shows off how good this platform can run. They did. I mean, they it's it. Anyone who has bad things to say about Stadia, they did have at least one huge success uh, in that. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which was one of the most anticipated titles of the year, and it turned out that between uh, the rush to get it out, (laughs) to get it published, uh, creating lots and lots of bugs, and the inability of both Sony and Microsoft to manufacture enough like latest generation consoles, really, if you wanted to play it uh, to its full capability, Stadia was the only way to do it. And on top of all that, it just, it worked really, really well. I did uh, up with whatever hardware I had. Uh, I, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm misremembering, but uh, be- people that I know who've purchased, <laughs> who's, who were actually game reviewers uh, who purchased Cyberpunk 2077 and said that, oh, it works really great. It gets all, the, the frame rates are great. The rendering is great. We really, really like it. So maybe it just became something that was totally, uh, totally unnecessary but uh, I th- I think that long term, the more the more stressful part of this kind of an announcement is that uh, remember that uh, there are a whole bunch of people who used to work for successful independent game publishers who for about a year and a half found themselves working for Google and now find themselves working for nobody. Um, compare and contrast this to uh, Apple's uh, the long rumored Apple Car Project where they still don't confirm they're actually working on it. But of course, we know where they are. There's so much evidence that they're doing it. But the thing, and I don't know when they're going to, I still don't understand what they intend to get out of having a product like that. I don't get how that fits into their larger strategy. The only reason why I really, I, I completely buy into this is that the number of people that they've managed to hire away from internationally powerful and recognized and respected positions at major established car companies that decided that, no, I don't want to be the chief designer at this prestigious brand. I want to work for Apple or no, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be uh, the, uh, the, uh, the chief chief of marketing of an entire half of the planet for this huge car company. I want to work for Apple. And you have to, I keep imagining what is in that slide deck that they keep showing these people to say that no, I, we haven't even we haven't even announced we haven't even committed to doing this. We haven't announced this is going to be a product. We would like you to risk the entire future of your career on something that we might not ever say that we were even working on. It could be the, the like the like the Soviet Union's moon landing pro, pro project, where all of a sudden, yeah, you don't have to show up at the facility anymore because it turns out that we were never working on a moon landing project to begin with, um, and. I wonder. How, so I wonder when you compare this to how what uh, what Google's track record has been. The next time that they have a project that they feel as though they need to do, and the best way to do it is to hire some super international top tier talent, they're going to get a no. I I've, I've got a mortgage. I got three kids. Do you want And I and I I'm, I'm at a thriving company where I get to do whatever I want, including accept awards three times a year. Why would I leave this for a really great press release on launch day and then wondering why you've switched from like name brand snacks in our in our lounge to like generic popcorn? <laughs>
0: Okay, first of all, there's nothing wrong with generic brands. <clears throat> I'm just going to put that pop, there. The, pop, the generic
1: um, popcorn, is, it, it blows. It's just, you don't, you don't no, want anything to do with that.
0: Okay, fine. I'll let you get away with generic popcorn, but I'm going to say I have no problem with generic meds. True. <laughs> so they I'll do the same. Uh, and, and on the other note, you know, I agree with you, Andy. I think when you put it in that perspective, you're right that this sets a precedent for Google in the industry that it's in, which is that why would you go work somewhere that is like flash, bam, boom? Wham! I've been <laughs> reading a lot of kids' books, by the way, and there's a lot of onomatopoeia, again, in these books. Um,
1: you are so close to being a master <laughs> of the Captain Underpants saga. You've got that so too much to look forward to. I'm
0: still trying to get Chicka Chicka Boom Boom down, I tell you. like I'm still <laughs> tripping over that one. Uh, that one has been around a lot longer. But yeah, it's the, it makes it hard to sort of get people to trust you. When this is what you're doing with projects because then it also makes you look a little haughty, right? I mean, if you want to like personify this situation, you want got this, this haughty, like muscly, you know, Google logo person coming <laughs> in, okay? I want you to imagine a Google the G on like a muscly body, walks in, just like, hey guys, come join my game studio, like gets all these other little people and then nada. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, well yeah there's there and there's just because this is to, to sort of underscore our point um if you were if you were looking forward to like the next edition of the Google Pixel Slate and statistically speaking that is terribly unlikely i think we would have to have somewhere around like a makeup YouTuber's audience to have enough people that statistically that 0.00 percentage would amount to people who are actually looking forward to the new Pixel Slate. Uh, looks like that that has been officially banished to the land of ghosts and wins. 9to5Google uh, and others already noted back in December that Uh, Google's latest and now likely last Chrome OS-based tablet was clearly not at all well, having gone out of stock worldwide with no replenishment of inventory nor, nor any even the slightest rumor of them working on something else, and that's completely natural because only eight months after the slate's really shaky launch uh, Google confirmed to a columnist at Computer World that they, the company, had abandoned all future tablet projects, including any enhancements or expansions to the Slate Lions, such as a less expensive, like school-oriented version of their tablet, and that they're going to be focusing all of their attention on self, all of their attention for self-branded Chrome OS hardware on Chromebooks instead of tablets. Uh, so eh, that that one that one wasn't quite so big a shock uh, because this was. They, they, that was a hot stove sort of release. People touched it and then just yanked their hands back and, stu- and couldn't stop screaming. Uh, that's how bad that launch was. And I have to admit that I've never tried a, although I really love the touchscreen on my Pixel Book. I have and that that those are unaffected. That's still like something that a screen attached to a keyboard via a hinge doesn't matter if that hinge swings at the screen 160 180 degrees. Um, I like the touchscreen there, but I've never I've never handled an Android based tablet. Uh, that is trying to be as functional as an iPad. That really uh, that's that runs Chrome, Chrome OS. That really makes much sense. It really feels as though to, it's a browser, and browsers run great with keyboards and trackpads. So, oh well. If well, you, I gotta uh, tell uh, you, what I'm, saying, what I'm saying is that if you sign if you sign like a like a 30 year mortgage after being hired onto the Pixel Slate team like last year, you kind of only have yourself to blame for this one.
0: I got to tell you, I've been using this cheapy Lenovo tablet that has like two gigs of RAM. <laughs> I think I think it's on Android uh, 10. Is that, I, using, think, I think
1: we can describe that as a decorative amount of RAM as terms of functional.
0: Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. I don't think this thing is supposed to be more than like a once in a while movie watcher photo frame. But I've been trying <laughs> to play Pokemon the card game on it. And my God, it is like it's like using it, it's like back in the day. You know, when you would use something like outdated and it's it's bad. Um, anyway, let's take a little break from talking about things that have been killed off to talk. Okay, talk. OK, be right back. Now, what kind of Google podcast would we be if we did not have the weekly Google labor reports? <laughs> As I mean, as luck would have
1: it, we have some labor-oriented news related to Google this right. week. That's
0: right. That's right. Um, so much of it that I had to stretch my back <laughs> before <laughs> we got into it. I,
1: I thought I heard a crack back then. That was. <laughs> this is Absolutely. this is the kind of, of of slate of news that yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you want to do right. some deep
1: knee bends before you it, get
0: into this? well. Okay, after we're done recording, I'm gonna have to get up and do that. But so this week, two Google engineers resigned over the firing of AI ethics researcher Team Neet The employee revolt at Google is officially underway. That's it's it. Not kidding away
1: at all. It seems to be mm-hmm. the the the. It turns well, out Ivan, that it's not like me. a winter blizzard. You can't just simply wait it out and hope that it you know <laughs> that it goes away. It it only intensifies the more you ignore it.
0: Hmm. Now, according to a Reuters story on the matter, uh, David Baker, a director focused on user safety, left Google last month after 16 years because Gebru's exit, quote, extinguished my desire to continue as a Googler, unquote, he said in a letter seen by Reuters. We cannot say we believe in making a more understanding, informed world and then ignore how our products amplify biases, Baker wrote in a farewell note to colleagues. We cannot say we believe in diversity and then ignore the conspicuous absence of many voices from within our walls. Then that was followed by software engineer Vinesh Cannon, who said Wednesday on Twitter that he had left the company on Tuesday because Google mistreated Gebru and April Christina Curley, a recruiter who has said she was wrongly fired last year. Both Gebru and Curley identified as black, excuse me, identify as black. Now, uh... Canon, I believe I Kanan might actually be how to say his last name. And I do apologize. Uh, but we will link to a Twitter thread from him, uh, in the show notes where he wrote yesterday was my last day at Google. I left because Google's mistreatment of Tim Nate Gibrew and April Curley crossed a personal red line. I wrote down when I started the job. I know I gained a lot from Google, but I also gained a lot from both of their work and they were wronged. When he was asked to clarify what the personal red line was, he said, quote, retaliation against a teammate who stand up stands up for something I believe in. I wrote this red line because between when I accepted my offer and when I started Google retaliated against Meredith Whittaker and Claire Stapleton. I was upset because they were people who inspired me to join. Now I really feel like this is some, like this is it. This is what is happening internally between, uh, the Google colleagues. They're starting to question some of these things. And I would say that it's, this is not like a Google employee specific ideology, that is coming into question. And I'm glad to see that this is coming out because, and I I hope this doesn't come out weird or whatever, but it really humanizes the employees at Google. You see what I'm saying? Not that y- y'all aren't already humanized to me because I, I, I know some, et cetera, et cetera, but it brings that human face back to this particular news story, right? Versus it just being names in a hat, do you yeah. do you see what i'm saying
1: or 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 being able to talk about the the overall temperature of a room versus here are here are names of people who had excellent, secure jobs that are that are highly prestigious and probably yeah. made their parents very, very proud of them, and they both walked. Just do, by the way, on...
0: a Google job is a job that takes really dang good care of you and your family. Yeah. A Silicon Valley job does. That's why a lot of people do take it, even sometimes when the tech company they work for maybe, and I'm not just talking about Google in this instance, but maybe even when the tech company you work for doesn't necessarily uh, carry carry the exact social justice flag, to just put just put it there. Um did I say and, that and just right? to, yeah, yeah, and, and just
1: and, and and just to be fair, everybody has to make the decision that's right for them, and there are a lot of variables in that calculus. Uh, amongst amongst them, I Andy's have three. children. have I have three, I have three <laughs> children. Well, no, I'm I'm, I'm saying that um, uh, I'm very very happy and proud of these two. Uh, I but I, that that doesn't conversely mean that I think that anybody who stays at Google, even if they've been seeing yeah. things that approve of, there there are times where I have to get my kids through. I have to get through my kids through the next year, let alone uh, to to adulthood. And exactly. there there are, there are a lot of variables. Or so I'm my not wife gonna,
0: needs this surgery, and you know the health insurance is like there is.
1: This is a ter- this is a terrible time during a pandemic to suddenly have. Uh, not have secure secure homes, secure food, secure which access is to why
0: care. this is such a big deal, right? Yeah. Again, coming back to that, this is why this is such a big deal that two people are dropping, uh, are leaving their jobs over this, and it it really does also bring to light how important these groups are to the working on technology that is to say like, these are little families that work inside these organizations, right? Because you're working on this project that goes out to the public. And so you can't work on this stuff without this sort of humanity existing. Um, And, and and also there's that uh, line
1: of, there's that line of people who inside Google who inspired uh, who, who inspire other people to join saying that these are, these are the people I want to work with. Yes. And also feel it, it makes me, yes. it makes me feel better knowing that apparently Google is a sort of company that will acknowledge the importance of these kinds of uh, the, people with these kinds of points of view and expertise. And this is a place where they can thrive. And then when you get in and you find out that, nope, they're being abused, this is terrible. And this is not what I signed up for. And I am leaving. It's, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's, it's almost as if this illustrates like a weird paradox at google because they these two folks aren't uh, unique there there have been a lot of these kinds of announcements that uh, not only are their own announcements powerful but they also break open a lot of conversation on twitter and social media i really do recommend uh, that you visit the uh, visit the, the the show notes the show notes and check out the entire Twitter thread, um, but it, it so the, the the number of people that have been walking out suggests that again possible paradox here there. Google might be great at recruiting people who have great principles and the personal strength to do a brave and selfish thing if their personal code of ethics commands it, and they are also paradoxically great at apparently at maintaining the kind of like acidic, caustic company culture that these same people can't abide for very long. it's again, it's it's something that they're going to have to continue to work on. And maybe having photo op uh, web briefing web meetings with leaders of historically black colleges on the first day of Black History Month in a very, very well publicized meeting, maybe that's <laughs> not really going to get at the root of the issue, do you think?
0: So a few days before Sundar Pichai met with the leaders of historically black colleges and universities, April Christina Curley, the diversity recruiter they fired in September, shone an intense light on the company's diversity issues. We're going to link to a story on CNN about this in the show notes. Uh, but just to give you a little more context, Sundar Pichai, so he went and met with leaders of five uh, historically black colleges and universities on Friday. Um, now. It's for those who don't know. February is Black History Month in the U.S. and uh, sort of worldwide, I guess. And so we are going to see a lot of um, posturing <laughs>
1: from a lot, a lot of companies that
0: yeah. don't hey, seem see to have a lot of cool. news about
1: hey. their. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna yeah. We're, see, whereas happening. like uh, 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 Apple decided to spend like the week of uh, of the Consumer Electronics Show. To announce a massive initiative and investment uh, in historically black colleges uh, and universities for uh, for uh, uh, engineering uh, sort of education. But that wasn't like, okay, they're doing something just because Black History Month is next month. That You can actually re- rewind this and see a relationship that they've been building and that they and other people have been talking about for like a couple of years now. It's these people who all of a sudden like remember that breast cancer is a thing. When you can buy pink Twinkies for and and display a logo for for a couple of weeks, but by the then, way,
0: Susan G. Komen is a huge grifter. Don't give her any more money. Stop yeah, it.
1: that's so. So that, that that's why it's companies. If you if uh, I, I I'm not going to say that silence is better than saying something just because there's a PR opportunity. I am saying that perhaps this will inspire you to think about as as Ebenezer Scrooge said at the end of a Christmas carol, I'm going to keep black history month in my heart all the days of the year. Not just when there's a big PR focus and people are asking us what we're doing to make sure that we're recruiting fairly and that we're giving everybody the, an equal opportunity to succeed and be compensated fairly within our company. Yeah.
0: Well, and listen guys. Okay. This is, it's a lot to do after the firing of team Nate Gabriel. Yes. And like, it was a pretty loud firing. Okay. Cause the verge and all the major tech sites covered it. Like this is stuff that is in the general public dialogue. This is not just between us hackers and, you know, tech heads. Okay. Right. So it is kind of a, like, it's it's just too on the nose, okay. I hate yes. to say it, and I'm not a PR professional, so I can't tell you how maybe that should have been done differently. But I can tell you that again, it's very on the nose. Reached, reached uh, out the for comment, day, a Google
1: spokesperson said, "Quote, come on, comma, we said that we needed to do better on unquote. <laughs> Didn't that take care of it to everybody's satisfaction? Uh, Why are we still talking about this unquote? All right,
0: so let's let's give a my well, should, should we should we should.
1: Yeah, we're going to give the mic back
0: to April, um, who is black. And so she was fired by Google in September, and she claims that she was terminated after she questioned and challenged how Google assesses job applicants from black colleges and universities. A few days before the February 1st meeting, Curly sent some pointed messages to the academic leaders through her Twitter account. Throughout it, she quotes Google's own words from something called the Project Bison Proposal. She says that it explains in no uncertain terms, quote unquote, how Google assessed talent at HBCUs and that it was the first thing she was given when she started at Google in 2014 as a diversity recruiter. And so here's this quote directly from the Twitter thread, which again, we'll link to. Google's stance was that our interview feedback case studies and curricula analysis demonstrate that current HBCU CS departments, computer science, are not graduating strong technical talent. HBCU CS students struggle with the most basic of coding algorithms and data structures.
1: Yeah, this, uh, this is; these are direct quotes. The entire thing are just just direct quotes from this. Doc, by the way, I, I was reading career.
0: through some of that, and like it's just so incredibly classist. Yeah across the board it's just like you can only accept people from like these five schools and like with these like five links to, and it's just like
1: and and uh, <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry we're, we're gonna i'm sorry i will shut yeah, up because we want to quote her i'm sorry yeah you're I, we, right we, we get we get worked up about this and we i start saying what i want to say. it's a instead platform
0: of her, exactly you know, exactly um okay the document in the project bison di- document Described Howard University educated engineers as not hireable and not up to Google standard. Howard University students, one of the top historically black colleges and universities, you're saying this. Do you know what a big deal it is to get into Howard University? Yeah. Like, and to say that about, ugh, oh, okay. Um, she then quoted a Google assessment of a Black potential hire directly. The assessment described candidate A as a faculty referral and allegedly one of the best CS students at Howard. It then goes on to completely dismiss the candidate's coding abilities in a fashion that's so emphatic that it borders on sneering and giving them a score of 1.1. 1. 1. God, it's horrible. Uh, Curly emphatically refutes Google's assessment of this candidate in particular and job applicants from HBCUs in general uh, to quote the kids at Howard and every other school I worked with are simply brilliant, period. She then notes, there are over 60 HBCUs with computer science programs across the country and more than a third of all black grads with a degree in CS come from HBCUs. She then urged the officials meeting with Pachai to ask him how much Google spends on campus outreach at HBCUs versus that at Stanford, MIT, uh, Carnegie Mellon University, Georgia Tech and the other schools that I was just mentioning were in that list. Uh, She then asked Google to turn over detailed data on its hiring and its retention of black graduates. Uh, CNN then reached out to Google for a response to Curly's assertions and Google and the HBCU leaders emailed a joint response on Friday night. To quote, we are all encouraged about the future partnership. The meeting paved the way for a more substantive partnership in a number of areas from increased hiring to capacity building efforts that will increase the pipeline of tech talent from historical black colleges and historically black colleges. universities. Uh, the Thurgood Marshall college fund president and CEO, Harry Williams, who organized the event said that Gebru and Curly's allegations about Google weren't discussed during the meeting. So uh, just to button up my, sorry, Andy, I am going to pass it back to you, but I, I just want to say like throughout reading all of this, um, again, just how incredibly classist this all is and how frustrating it is because they're again, when you ask a tech company why there aren't black people on staff they go well we can't find any there are <laughs> over 60 computer science programs across 60 different hbcus across the united states of america you telling me you can't find i don't know 3 people <laughs> like <laughs> I, I you know what i mean it's yeah, frustrating it's-
1: it's it's Frustrating. Inf- the entire thread uh all these quotes are just infuriating because part of the it's it's sort of like doubly insulting uh or excuse me i found it doubly offensive because not only was these were these comments just again just utterly dismissive of all of the oh, It has no understanding of basic concepts blah 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 like, but it goes on to, it's it goes on to this really horrible other form of like back-patting racism, which is now, Mm. you know, we have an obligation to lift up these poor uneducated people who have aren't as smart and good as coders because of everything that's going on with them and we have to figure out how to compensate for no you have to figure out why you are suddenly rubber stamping an x of on every certain person's forehead because of colleges that they that they went through and it's it's also very important that uh, that she mentioned that statistic that if you're talking about that uh, a third of uh, that that uh, a third of uh, every person who is li- uh, likely to graduate excuse me apply to google with the correct degree and 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 uh Uh, and, and education for an engineering job. If the prejudice is that, oh, well, anyone who went to a historically black college or university, we know that they tend to not be very, very smart about coding and not be employable or hireable by Google. So essentially you're writing off one third of potent of potential hires or potential uh, interviewees uh, who are uh, black or people of color. And that is an institutional fund. Now, again, no wonder you're not, you're quote, not finding any of these people because you're only looking in places where white people go. for white people are. are, 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 are Half yeah, of which anyway.
0: their parents paid their way in. Come on. You think Lori yeah. Laughlin was the first one to do that? <laughs> Heck no. Come so, on, guys. Yeah,
1: it's, it's so. I don't know yeah. who I'm
0: yelling at, but. It's infuriating, but again,
1: more again, the entire thread is worth more. Now, now, don't don't.
0: Andy, can you can you wrap us up with this little tidbit that you put in the doc because it's like
1: yeah, there's a it's such a, a so this a again. See, uh, especially in the current economy, cheap irony remains your best mm-hmm. iron, ironic value. Uh, the exact same day as Sundar Pichai's meeting with uh, these leaders of historically black colleges and universities, that's when the United States Department of Labor announced a 3.8 million dollar settlement that they reached with Google. Uh, that was uh, that has that was uh, done to address wage disparity between uh, female and ma- male engineers that was discovered. Um, this is according to the Department of Justice news release. Uh, the settlement is here to resolve. And I'm quoting here: allegations of sy- systemic compensation and hiring discrimination at the company's California and Washington state facilities uh, and will pay over $3.8 million to more than five and a half, uh, five, uh, 5,500 current employees and job applicants. Uh, and with this negotiated settlement between Google and the Department of Justice, that wraps up a case that the DOJ opened after they uh, did a routine evaluation of Google's hiring and discovered pay disparities that were affecting female employees in software engineering positions, as well as hiring rate differences uh, that were disadvantaging female and Asian applicants for software engineering positions in San Francisco and Sunnyvale and in Kirkland. Uh, the settlement money will be paid out in the form of back pay and interest to, I've had to do the math here, over 6,000 uh, employees and job applicants. I think it was actually 6,065 or something, uh, and job applicants who were affected by Google's discrimination in this case. Uh, and that uh, 3.8 million dollar settlement also includes a little over a million bucks that are going to be held. That's going to be held in a special account for any future payouts uh, as needed, as relevant to this finding. So, there's, uh, again, uh, it was nice to hear Sundar Pichai say, "We have to do better." We agree. You have to do better. We'd like to see you doing better. And as a result, I, I need to be convinced that they don't see these things. As uh, PR problems instead of actual uh, actual cultural problems.
0: Yeah, that's that's it right there. Um, let's take a quick break, and then before we go, uh, a little mint, something light. Just when you thought QR codes couldn't get any more ancient, now they look like dinos. (laughs) (laughs) So Chrome actually has a hidden developer feature for sharing the URL of a webpage as a QR code for a while, but with version 88, it's rolling out to the front of the user interface via a button that shows up in the address bar. and Again, say, I, I I will
1: not. I will not have you like. Say, it's it's adorable. Now this is why I chose this as I'm the as the little as the little yet. like cream puffy. It's. Well, I'm saying that. Listen, so, the Chrome
0: dinosaur it, is part of the branding okay. of, of this whole like this whole thing. I know. You know, I was the reason <laughs> I'm saying this is anybody who listens to all about Android knows that I was dumping on QR codes like a week ago, <laughs> and I got in trouble. So I'm trying to uh make nice with the qr code loving okay. you're trying uh, you're trying fans. to build
1: bridges you're trying to mend exactly that's, that's very admirable of you I, and i admit that the only reason why this attracted my attention was when i saw the qr code that gets generated when you click this button against it's rolling out to both mobile and desktop uh, editions of chrome uh the chrome browser but you the qr the, the is, you know whereas uh instead of having like a, a spooky spooky ghost in the middle of, of this, of this code. It's actually the, the, the T-Rex from the dinosaur game who we, who we all like want to succeed. Okay. We spend that entire game helping that poor little dino to survive. We, we emphasize, but this perhaps we even project our own hopes and aspirations upon it. And I was glad. And I feel as though the fact that the dinosaur is being promoted to the central, like atomic face of Chrome based QR codes. It means that, our love for this dinosaur and it's its plucky spirit his indomitable ability to keep jumping over uh, cacti and ducking under birds and such is part is aspirational for all of us. And that's reflected in this QR code generator. And I, I I applaud it. I, I, I I will do nothing but applaud this, this thing.
0: Applause around. Um, All right. So we said, we teased earlier at the beginning of the podcast, I went a little bit admin. Um, and we're going to go ahead and, and have a little admin sesh. Well, I, 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 prob-
1: I, I probably should have said in addition to like, uh, uh, making sure you guys weren't worrying that, uh, we were quitting or anything like that. We also should have said that there isn't a raffle or anything coming. None, none of you are winning anything except for more no. episodes. I, yeah,
0: I, I hope exactly. I didn't like
1: create that impression, but I'm sorry. I no, go ahead.
0: no, no, we're not. No, no contest of any sort. Um, that would require a lawyer, on retainer and we just don't make that kind of as, as well as funds
1: <laughs> as well as i mean i got yes. i got you know i still have now uh flow will verify this uh that i i won't even uh, taint it by saying what what am i holding in my hand right now
0: post-its you, you saw the not, post-its not just from four the,
1: whole full unused pads of orange the orange that, yeah, that I had left over for when I made the huge jack o' lanterns in my windows. So we could we could give away these things, but then there's the thing of postage. Uh, we'll we'll table that for a later discussion. We're still talking. Think about It
0: it's still, by the way, is some legality associated with that? I don't know, but anyway, we just want don't to want to tell lose you our guys... license.
1: That's a good point.
0: Exactly. We just <laughs> we just wanted to tell you guys um, that we have reopened our gmail our inbox it kind of went quiet and dormant for a while um and we really apologize when russell handed me the keys to this podcast i kind of just hung them up on the wall and uh never went into the storage shed and um i apologize for that and and also and also to be
1: fair uh every time she tried there was a two-factor authentication that was tripping her up because she was not around when we set up this account so there's a lot of blame to go around here don't don't burden it all on your own
0: then i had a baby and like all that stuff happened an adorable baby
1: adorable baby that's going to change the world
0: well which which is
1: more important huh
0: well we'll see we'll see about that one (laughs) um let's not you know let's not well, we don't want to put live. pressure. We don't want to yeah.
1: impose roles her. upon her exactly at this tender age.
0: But in all seriousness, we would like to have more of a bridge to you, our listeners. So I would like to encourage you if you have any comments about the last couple of shows, uh, maybe you want to say something about the length. If you notice, we've been sort of cutting down the length of the episodes to try and keep them to an hour. At least um you can send us an email at materialpodcast at gmail.com. Andy and I both have both have the keys to it. So <laughs> we are we're gonna be checking in. Um we're gonna be working on we're we're working on some stuff behind the scenes. We can't can't quite announce them just yet. We also uh want to let you know that we do still have a Twitter account at materialpodcast. I um I am actually working on that right now, getting it sort of reconfigured. So just please feel free to, again, leave us a comment at Material Podcast. Um, that is in my tweet deck now, and I am checking it, guys. I'm yes. around. I'm we here. Have, we, we
1: have <laughs> this. We're, we are really, really good at doing this podcast. We have like our own <laughs> flow is doing things independently. I'm doing things independently. Uh, and so now each of us has added to that list of things that oh, we have going to be recording tomorrow. I'd better do X. Now I think both of us are aware that checking the mail for things we might either want to respond to on air or just, okay, that's good feedback. Let's keep that in mind moving forward uh, because we reckon I mean I, I'm very, very proud of the podcast we've been doing. I think this is uh, some of the some of the best work that I, I feel as though some of the best work that I do or the work that I'm very, very proud of. Uh, that's, Every week. Yep. Yeah. And so, but nonetheless, uh, belated as as content creators, uh we I sometimes forget that there is the pod in the real world. There's the podcast, but then there are the other ways that people interface interface with the podcast. And so we want to broaden the user interface so that whenever you want to communicate with us, whenever you want to participate, we're making it easier for you to do so, rather than just. Remembering how to spell Anatto or Oh That Flow that we say mm-hmm. at the end of every show, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we we have been getting most of our feedback that way, and so that which is sort of again no one no one is specifically to blame here, uh, but I, I think it did get both of us thinking. That, well, we're getting feedback; it's it's working. And plus, I mean, I'd have to I we'd have to do that fix that two factor authentication problem in order to get to access email. Uh, and also, by the way, if you have been sending us email that we have not we have not been. Ign- I want to say we haven't been ignoring you because ignoring indicates that we are aware of this inbox and we have been sort of laughing maniacally that you've been taking the time to email us. So, guys, I got really
0: pregnant. Yeah, (laughs) it it was it really happened to me, and it really takes over a
1: person. I'm
0: just. Um, out
1: there. So, so we, so I'm, uh, we're we're gonna start the process of digging through, digging, digging through back things. So if you, if you sent us email in the past, oh, I don't know, two or three years, and we're really you, so, and oh God, and you thought, gee, so it's kind, of, it's it's kind of odd that it's when worse we said when that, you say it hey, out I, loud. Work, I work, I work for General Motors, and we have a vintage restored Stingray free for each one. I thought, I really thought that they would like take us up on that offer for that free Stingray. Yeah, that's it's not because we were mad at you or anything. It's because we are in in certain very well contained and compartmentalized ways incompetent so we in, in the venue of keeping up with gmail we were admittedly incompetent we are trying to become we're trying to transition towards a footing of competency and uh we hope that you will bear with us as we complete that the like the sun's journey from the low horizon to the high horizon as you go from the middle latitudes to the intersections of greenwich longitudes I don't know where I'm going with her, but more of that.
0: More of that. Hey, if you want more of that, you can also become a member of the show and yes. support us monetarily. Relay.fm slash material to find out how you not only support us, but you support all of the other wonderful podcasts on the Relay FM network. And you get a bunch of membership perks. Uh, and hopefully soon you'll be seeing some membership perks of uh, material. <laughs> yes. Uh, hmm Okay. Again,
1: again uh, we, we have rented swank office space uh, in a fashionable but trendy uh, high-rise downtown in which we will be God, charging bagels to the really FM uh, expense account while we massage our own egos with endless meetings that uh, glorify our positions within the material podcast organizations while accomplishing practically nothing. <sighs> That's not the right attitude. We're, we're going to do better is what we're saying.
0: Yeah. Hey, Andy, you got uh, any radio coming up this week or anything you want to let folks know about?
1: Yes. Now that now that we we seem to have a, uh, a short break in electing things or impeaching things, uh my usual friday afternoon slot uh at wgbh in boston uh, boston's NPR station uh is back on is back on track so i'm on uh friday's usually at 1 p.m. uh check wgbhnews.org to stream it either live or pick it up later a few hours later and you'll hear <laughs> You'll hear me trying to talk about uh, a, at least one or two of the stories that we've just spent 30 minutes getting our heads around, but me trying to do it as part of a 30-minute package containing four or five stories about the entire field of technology and policy. So that that should be fun. I'm it's less than 12 hours away right now, and I'm really not sure how I'm going to accomplish it. So I'm looking. I'm looking forward to finding out as well as you are how how, how I managed oh, to pull it off. Hi.
0: Eyes are wide open. Uh, as for me, I'm practicing my new spiel. So here I go. I'm Florence Ion. You can go to my website at florenceion.com if you want uh, updates on what I've been writing or stuff that's posted from me. You can find me on all the social medias at Oh That Flow. Um, on, TikTok, on TikTok, I'm doing just kind of like fun stuff around my room. <laughs> So if anybody wants to see the weird like toys that I own There's and a stuff, lot of
1: money in that. I've been on YouTube long enough to know there is a lot of money in that
0: well now it's on TikTok and so I'm I'm going I'm going into that uh, have you considered expanding it
1: to uh reaction you, you're recording reaction videos of other people showing us around their room on, on you YouTube. don't
0: know because it's just me tucked in bed with like three layers of blankets on going look at the pretty pink things Ooh, <laughs> that's not interesting content uh but yeah that's where you can find me and also uh you know what i am on another podcast i know i don't talk about it a lot and i really should because i've been on it for Going on six years now. I'm on the Twit Network at All About Android on Tuesday nights. So please tune in there uh, if you want to see my my wild side. <laughs> I don't know. Am I wild on that show? I don't know. I definitely definitely come unhinged. <laughs> you're
1: you're 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 thoughtful thoughtful and a valuable presence.
0: Well, it's because we're at, we're a night show on the Twit Network, so sometimes sure. it can get a little it can After get hours, a little yes. After hours. But anyway, uh <laughs> hey, we're gonna be back here next week to bring you more news. So until then, everyone, please stay safe. Uh wear your masks, be kind to each other, and we love you very much.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.